We are kicking off a new series today. I'm pretty excited about it. I've been stoked about this for a long time, and I'm excited to share my life first with you today. But before we get there, when I was a kid, I was, I was really fascinated by a story that came out in the 1930s. This, uh, this story is about this alien boy who comes from somewhere in the universe and he lands on the planet here, planet Earth, and he's adopted by human parents and they, they raise this boy, but they quickly realize there's some, something different about this boy. And this boy grows up and uh, he comes to Earth in this rocket ship, which becomes important later, and, uh, and, and his parents, his adopted parents, begin to realize he can run faster than a speeding train. He can, he can leap tall buildings in a single. Ooh, you know who I'm talking about. And, you know, he was like invincible, right? Invincible. And I was, I was fascinated, I think, by the story because uh, when I'll, I'll get into some of that in a little while, just kind of my personal story. But, um, you know, I, I was kind of a bit of a weakling when I was a kid. I had asthma. I was a little pudgy. Uh, I still wear really thick glasses. You can't tell because I'm wearing contacts. But from, from the time I was a little kid, I was wearing, you know, so I needed help in life. And I think that's why this story, this, 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 this hero always kind of fascinated me. And, and he, he could do anything. And, and what I always thought was funny, there's a couple of things I, I, now that I've, I'm older, right, and much more discerning, and uh, I've studied this character a little bit more to find the real facts of the matter, you know, he, he could do all these great things, but, but he also had this ability to completely disappear simply by putting a pair of glasses on. And nobody could tell who it was. These glasses were pretty magical. He puts on the glasses, he looks identical, but for whatever reason, now they don't know he's Superman. But the thing that gets me about Superman, right, I gave it away. The thing that gets me about Superman, I've never understood it, is this thing called kryptonite. I, I, you know, the, the strongest guy in the universe, and the thing that trips him up is a rock, a green rock. You know what I'm saying? In Marvel folklore, DC folklore, I guess it is, there are some like 22 different kinds of kryptonite. You probably didn't know that. You're welcome. 20 different kinds of, of kryptonite. That'll help you sometime in some trivia matter later. But uh, I was able to actually through my channels, secure an actual piece of kryptonite. <clears throat> Be careful. This, uh, this is going to blow your mind. You, this is real. <laughs> Don't look at it like a rock that's been painted with green glow paint, okay? It says on the box it's legit, okay? It actually does glow in the dark, <laughs> I, I'm thinking they did a really bad paint job because somebody was holding it while somebody else painted it. This little kryptonite rock can take the most powerful man in the universe and render him completely weak, weak you know, complete weakling. And I got this little uh, user manual that came with the kryptonite. And uh, this is important because if you have a comic book with Superman in it, you don't want to hold the kryptonite too close to the comic book because it could weaken him in the comic book, says it right here. 
strongest man in the universe. I always thought it was lame. A green rock renders the strongest man, uh, apparently, a little green rock, come on. Super strength, though. Super strength to me always seemed really appealing. You know, like the ability, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you feel like that. I mean, think if you had the ability, you know, to withstand, you, you never had to fear you know, somebody could take a shot at you and it just bounce off. Or when things got really tough, you could just fly away. Anybody ever feel like that? I've, I've felt like that lots of times in my life. And I, and I, I again, I, I grew up in a single-parent family and uh, for, for most of my early life. And, you know, I, I, I struggled to be able to see. I had these really thick glasses. I was pudgy. I never really got chosen for teams a lot until high school when I kind of you know, kind of matured a little bit, but there for a while there, it was pretty rough. I was ridiculed a little bit and I uh, had asthma. And I think that's part of the reason why stories like this always appealed to me because I wanted super strength. You know, I wanted the ability to, you know, to stand up, you know, to, to kind of be that quiet, you know, bit of strength. So if somebody was teasing me, if I, if push came to shove, I would reveal my Superman interior and be able to have the power so that always appealed to me. And I, I didn't become a Christian until I was about 15 years old. And I remember some of the reasons back then. I know it was a long time ago. I was actually baptized in the Yamhill River outside of Sheridan. And, uh, and my stepdad was in the water. It's kind of a cool story. There's more to that story. But I remember coming out of that water and thinking, you know, that I'm, I'm excited that Jesus wants to save me from my sins. Because I knew I was screwing up. I mean, by, by the time you're a teenager, you realize very quickly... You're, you're a ball of mistakes. You know what I'm saying? You realize, wow, I am a screwed up individual. <laughs> Even if you had a good family life, it's like, yeah, I'm a screwed up individual. So I got that. I got that he wanted to save me from my sins. And that he wanted me to, you know, have had this wonderful, you know, eternal life. I wanted that. But the thing that really appealed to me was, was this idea of new life. That he was going to give me a new life. There's going to be like new creation going on in me. And he was going to empower me. I remember the preacher told, him, told me about how when you decided to follow Jesus, you get the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to do immeasurably more. And I thought, that's, that's the kind of life that I want. That was part of the compelling reason that I wanted to follow Jesus. And I don't know if you've had that desire, you know, like me. Maybe you're just like, Ben, you're a weirdo. Maybe but some of you may feel like that. Maybe, maybe when you were a kid, you, maybe you felt marginalized or that, you know, maybe, you know, adults did things to you that you didn't, you didn't, you know, plan for. You had rough moments in your growing up and maybe you wished secretly that you had superpowers, that you could, you could fly out of a horrible situation or you could stand up for yourself when you've been, been taken advantage of. Maybe you felt like that sometime in your life. We all would love to be able to have that kind of power, I think, deep down, to, to, to never have anybody, you know, hurt us. I was looking up statistics, and, and there was a thing called the Guinness Book of World Records, and many of you probably know what that is. Uh, do they still do those anymore, by the way? They still, okay. I was wondering about that, because I remember my mom, my mom had a big, thick book, and it had all these weird pictures in it. Um, and, and there was this guy named Paul, I think his name is Paul Anderson, and supposedly he's considered like the strongest man on earth. And I remember how many years ago it was, but he set this record where he did like a back lift of 6,200 pounds. When I say that, my back literally hurts when I say that. 
Like, do you feel your back kind of cramping up? Like, oh, man, 6,200 pounds. I can't even imagine what kind of impact that would have on the knees. I know some of you lift weights. 6,200 pounds in a back lift. That is cr- that's crazy. But, but it's not just physical strength, right? It's other, some of you, maybe, maybe the kind of strength that's appealing to you is, is maybe having you know, the strength of, of maybe you know, power, political power, things like this. In fact, that was one of the temptations that Satan used on Jesus. Political power. You could rule every nation on, on the planet. And I was looking up, Forbes magazine every, every year does like a ranking of the most powerful people on the planet. And it was interesting to me, you know, that usually you have like presidents are on that list. A few years ago it was Barack Obama. A couple years ago it was Trump. But then uh, they, they showed, you know, the last 10 years. And strangely, uh, you could check me on this, but like four of the last five years, you know who was the most powerful person on the planet was? Vladimir Putin. What? Look it up. Okay, you're going to be like, you're Googling it now. Don't, okay? <clears throat> I just couldn't believe that. Sorry. has no relevance to the sermon right now, but I thought that was really interesting. Vladimir Putin. Anyway, uh, the guy that they picture on the horse without the shirt on, I don't really get that. Anyway, well, today we're starting this series, and I'm so excited to share my life verse with you because, to me, this is a verse that has empowered me at several moments in my life. It's given me strength when I thought I'd had none. It reminded me of who I am in Christ, and it's helped me get through a lot of, a lot of crazy things in my life. So my life verse, if you're ready for it, is Philippians 4.13. So let's pray for a second, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and faithfulness, your mercies that are new every morning. Lord, even this morning when the sun came up, it's a reminder of your great love for us. And so, Lord, I pray that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way today in each of our hearts and that we would be drawn to you and drawn to your strength, the strength that empowers us to be your hands and feet in the world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, when you talk about the Bible and power, uh, there's a number of, of, of people that may may kind of come to mind. If you're familiar with the Old Testament, uh, there, that's the Old Testament part of the Bible, uh, there's, there's uh, lots of stories of uh, narratives of great, great leaders, many who had flaws. But uh, for me, when you're talking about strong people in Scripture, my mind drifts toward this group of people that would follow David around. There was a king in Israel uh, named King David, kind of the golden era of Israel. And King David had some mighty guys following him. They call them the mighty men. And uh, does some of you know what some of those stories are? Some of the, the conquests of the mighty men. These, these were people that stuck close to, to David, protected him, but also would go on these conquests. And they would do amazing things. And like one of these guys, uh, uh, Joseph Bashebeth, killed 800 men in one battle with a spear. With the spear. Now, I think about that, and I think, no, that's, that's pretty brutal. I realize that. You know, it's ancient warfare and that sort of thing. Very, very intimate ancient warfare was, right? Just, you know, you're not, you're not shooting somebody from behind a scope. I mean, you've got to get right there. And I can't even really picture that much. But 800 guys with the spear. Like, were they waiting in line? I'm trying to figure this out because you'd think they would just, like, surround him, right? I'm just, I'm just logically thinking this through. 800 people with a spear. And there was this guy, Eleazar, who, who, who stayed on the battlefield when everybody else fled. And he killed Philistines until his hand was stuck, clenched to his sword. 
Have you ever been driving when the weather's bad or like there's snow? You know what I mean? And you've been like, you're concentrating really hard and you're holding on to the wheel. And then eventually you realize, I can't let go of the wheel right now. His sword was stuck to his hand. I, I get my mind around that. That's in 2 Samuel. By the way, several of these are in 2 Samuel if you want to read that for yourself later. But one of my favorites is this guy named uh, uh, Benaiah. And, and he was known, this was his reputation, for finding himself in a snowy pit, you know, uh, and, and killing a lion with his bare hands. He's in a pit and it's snowing and he's killing a lion with his bare hands. I, you know what I mean? I can't even really figure that out. I don't know how, how that worked. Was he a ninja? We don't even know. And this same guy, he had the habit of going into battle and then killing his enemies with their own weapons. Talk about insult to injury. Literally insult to injury. These guys were amazing, but I got to tell you, when it comes to the Bible and, and people of strength, you can't ignore, come on, Samson. How many, how many people know the, the, the story of Samson? You know the, the whole sordid tale? I mean, he, he kind of started out special. In fact, there's this whole thing where his parents are kind of having this interesting little thing in their marriage where God says, you're going to have this special baby. And then, uh, you know, God tells the wife, you're going to have this baby and he's going to be special. You got to be careful with them. And then she goes and tells her husband and her husband's like, no, he didn't tell you that. That wasn't an angel. They have this whole, it's like takes a whole chapter of the Bible of them going back and forth. It's very interesting kind of view into marriage there a little bit. But so this special child grows and God's going to use him basically to, 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 to wreak some havoc on this group of people called the Philistines. And, uh, and, and he does. He wreaks some havoc. I mean, it's pretty interesting. You know, Samson's not supposed to touch, you know, strong drink, wine, that sort of thing. His hair kind of grows long. You, you may know some of the story. And uh, it was kind of, kind of part of that metaphor of his strength. And, uh, and so he, he, he didn't really have a great track record with the ladies. Uh, Samson kind of got tripped up a bit with the ladies. And at some point he sees this... Philistine gal, you know, and that was kind of a no-no back in the day. You're not supposed to, you know, marry outside of your tribe or whatever. We don't really do a whole lot of that now. But back then it was a big deal. You're not supposed to marry, you know, someone who's a, a Raiders fan, something like that. And so he wants to marry this gal. And, and I, I don't know if you remember the story, but it, 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 it's, it gets kind of gruesome. But basically there's this, this riddle that he tells and there's 30 guys there. And then uh, he marries this gal, but then she gives away the riddle. And then, then Samson's mad, like a little kind of throws a tantrum. And then a lot of people die. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's crazy. But God uses, uses Samson in a powerful way, even with his, his flaws. And he ends his life basically taking down most of the leadership of the Philistine nation in one moment where a single guy takes down an entire building and, and uh, it, it shows basically this, this judgment of God. But uh, for me, he, he takes the cake. So when we talk about power, it probably leads you to, to where we're at now. My, my life verse is Philippians 4.13. And, and it, this is written, you know, in, in the book of Philippians, in, in the letter of the Philippians, written by a guy named Paul. And, uh, you know, the Bible's, you know, 66 books or, 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 you know, sections. The New Testament part of our Bible has, has 27 of those sections, and many of those sections are actually letters. And so Philippians is a letter, and Paul writes this letter to his friends. 
And, uh, and, and before he gets to this life verse, he speaks about something that I think we probably all could spend some time thinking about. If you look in the back before verse 13, Paul's talking about something called contentment. And I kind of feel like this is an area that we struggle with. Paul writes about contentment. He says, you know what, um, friends, I, I figured out uh, the key to, to being content. So when I have plenty, that's pretty cool. I like that. When I'm in need, I've learned I, I can handle that. So whether I have lots or I'm in need, I've learned to be content. And that he, he says before this, he's learned, you know, not to, not to be anxious about anything, you know, but to give thanks and to continue to pray to God and talk to him. And he speaks about the peace of God. So that's all the, the backdrop before we actually get to verse 13. He says, I've learned to be content. You know, I've learned to trust God no matter what happens. And so that cues up my life first. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, I learned it in the King James, New King James Version. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the, the version I learned it in. And whatever version that you have, it's basically saying the same thing. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, empowers us, gives us strength. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I say this out loud and then God somehow owes me the ability to do whatever selfish thing I want to do. That's not what it's talking about. It's empowering us to live in a way that, that God is, is, is intending for us. This, this contentment life, this peace with God life that Paul sets out before he gets to that verse. So we don't want to take it out of context. I think, I think that's a real danger that we have sometimes. We'll, we'll read something, and, and maybe you've had that happen to you in your life, where someone has taken a verse out of context and maybe sometimes beat you over the head with it. We don't want to take verses out of the context when we're looking at Scripture. We want to see what the whole story is, the whole narrative, right? And so Paul has learned to be content, and he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. I like how N.T. Wright, and you'll hear me quote him a little bit, in one of his recent translations, he says this. Here's the, how N.T. Wright uh, uh, translates it. I have strength for everything in the one who gives me power. I have strength for everything in the one who gives me power. You see, in other words, being close to Jesus empowers us. We're close to the living God, the creator of the universe, who can speak things into existence. He has unlimited power. And he's inviting us into a relationship with him to be close to him. And we get to be next to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and being in Christ means that we get to have this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God comes to live inside of us to empower us for powerful things. Now, Paul wrote a lot of things about this power. Let me just give you a couple of them. And Paul, Paul says that, you know what, even in our weakest moments, even in our worst moments... God's power shines. He says that in 2 Corinthians 12, another letter that he wrote. And he says this, staying close to Jesus is the way that we accomplish the bearing of fruit. That's in John 15. That empowerment to, to do the good things, to do the, the, the fruit of, of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. Those all are produced by being close to Jesus and he empowers those things to happen. Christ allows us to have strength to comprehend God's greatness. That's in Ephesians 3. Being in Christ gives us strength to endure hardship with patience 
and joy, giving thanks always. That's Colossians 1, another letter that Paul wrote. Now, one of my favorite uh, resources of late, and I'll just kind of lay this out for you, kind of let you see beneath the hood here. There's a number of resources that I find myself going back to when I'm preparing to speak or preparing to messages. And if you don't have a study Bible, uh, I, I would encourage you to get one. And one of my favorites is the English Standard Version Study Bible. And so that's, in fact, I've given that out as, as gifts. I think all of our preaching team has a copy of that. Uh, the English Standard Study Bible is a super incredible resource. And if you don't have one of those, it really can empower your, your time with Jesus. When you're spending time in Scripture, uh, you know, we, we realize that sometimes Scripture has some difficult things. And so these tools can help. The ESV Study Bible is a, is a tool that I've used. And, and this is what it says you know, about this passage. And it says this, the secret of living amidst, amidst life's difficulties is simple. Trusting God in such a way that you can truly say, I can do all things through him that strengthens me. It doesn't mean that God's going to bless whatever a person does, but in the context of the whole letter's emphasis on obedience to God and loving and serving other people, that God can empower that sort of life. It's empowering the kingdom life that we've talked about. Jesus empowers us to do all things. So what's, what's my life verse? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It'd be cool if you memorized that and you used it on me sometime <laughs> when I feel weak. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus empowers us to do it all. And that's really was helpful for me in my life. Again, I, I felt when I was a kid, you know, I wanted that sort of superhero strength. But I found as I matured and I decided to follow Jesus, and I, and I, I grabbed hold of what this verse means, that, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I realized there is no kryptonite for a follower of Jesus. There's no kryptonite. God cannot be weakened by a green rock. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There, there's, in Christ, we can do all things. And Jesus himself said that over and over. You know, you're going to have this even, even small bit, a bit of faith. You can move mountains. And he said, with God, nothing is impossible. I've, I wish we could live like that more often. With God, nothing is impossible. But many times we kind of, we get up, we go through our day, and, you know, we kind of forget that we have unlimited power by the strength of the Holy Spirit. And that, that unlimited power doesn't mean that we zap people or whatever we might fill in the blank with. It means that I'm going to show love to this person even though I really don't like them. You need that Christ power to do that. That coworker that drives you crazy. That person who always has to have the right answer. That 50th time your neighbor's dog has pooped in your yard. It's never happened to me. But you see what I mean? I mean, I'm just trying to bring it down to practical. It means you're empowered to, to show patience. You're empowered to show kindness. Think of the times this past week where, where you could have been a little more kind maybe to your spouse, maybe to someone in, that you ran into. Maybe, maybe you could have shown some gentleness. 
Maybe you could have shown some compassion. Maybe some generosity. I don't know what that is for you. But in Christ, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And God wants to produce amazing fruit in your life. And in Christ, there is no kryptonite. And I realize you might be thinking, well, you know, Ben, I'm not one of David's mighty men. You know, I'm not Samson. You know, I don't have all this, you know, this, this, this physical strength. And you may wonder, do I have access to the same sort of strength? I believe we do. Someone once said, where God guides, he provides. God wants to do amazing things through you. You can do all things through Christ to give you strength. Now, some of you, maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus. This power is available to you in Christ. You can do all things. And so if you've never made a decision to make Jesus your Lord, you could do that today. Please do that before you head out. Come see me, see anybody on stage here. But God wants to do amazing things in your life. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what's your challenge this week? Here's your only challenge. You saw this coming the minute you saw the name of this, this sermon series. What is your life verse? What is your life verse? I want to know what it is. Our teaching team wants to know what it is. In fact, I posted mine on Instagram this morning at about 6.45 a.m. Some of you aren't my, face, my Instagram friends. It's okay. But, but seriously, find your, pray about it. God, what is my life verse? What is that, that verse that's empowering my life that, that kind of shares my testimony? I gave you my testimony today, but it could be your testimony. What is it, that verse that empowers your life that you come back to over and over again when you're going through a difficult time? Find your verse and share it. Share it on social media. Share it to our Facebook page. I want to see how God is doing powerful things in your life. Find your life verse. Imagine, imagine our church family having life verses so that when we have those moments, when someone's going through something difficult, you don't have to get preachy. You could just say, here's something that really helped me. And you get to share in a personal way because you've memorized the scripture. These are one sentence usually, two sentences, three maybe. What is your life verse that you can use to share with people when they're going through ups and downs? You can share that life verse with them. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you. Thank you so much for scripture, for what it tells us, what encourages us. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that uh, you would speak to their hearts, speak to every heart, speak to my heart, Father about these things that you want us to remember and memorize, our life verses. Father, things that really speak to our testimony that can be those, those witnesses to the world, the people that are in our circles of influence. Lord, I pray that every person in this room would have a life verse that speaks to a te- their testimony of the good things that you've done in their lives. So Lord, empower us to not only memorize your scriptures, but to take them to heart and be able to speak your truth and love to the people around us. Father, empower us for that by by the strength of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that truly each of us in this room, that if we're in Christ, we can do all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.